there and welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge. If this is your first time here, nice to meet you. I'm John Warren, head of Fanby Media, and this show takes all the week's headlines in games and entertainment and rounds them up into one handy podcast. If you're a regular, welcome to Sunday. We decided to change the format a bit to accommodate a full week's news cycle and to give you a thoroughly educated guess about what's happening in the days to come. I also sit down with a guest each week uh, to dive deeper into a story or two. This week, I'm with Fanbyte.com news editor Imran Khan to discuss a pretty major game delay you won't want to miss. First, let's go through our top stories. We are now just a week away from the start of E3 2021 after the Entertainment Software Association took a year off from the gaming industry's biggest U.S.-based convention. Though the ESA has faced mounting criticism for leaking journalist data two years ago and for throwing its event organizing weight around despite no physical event taking place this year, E3 2021 is going on as planned with, as of this recording, over 10 digital events spanning the short course of four days under official E3 branding. The number of official digital events has been shifting, and the times of some of them have not even been pinned down yet. But on Saturday, June 12th, you can see Ubisoft and Gearbox with press conferences of their own, as well as a digital session from GamesBeat. On Sunday, the long-awaited joint press conference between Xbox and Bethesda will go down, and we should hear more about Todd Howard's Starfield if the reports are true. Square Enix is also taking the stage in a digital presser that will focus apparently on an upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game. Some are speculating that we may see very little of tentpole Japanese RPG franchises like Final Fantasy based on early reports, but we won't have to wait too long to find out if that's true. Sunday also brings the PC Gaming Show back to E3, which usually showcases under-the-radar AA releases you'll be able to play on the personal computer. That's the name of the show. Rounding out Sunday is Warner Brothers Games and Back for Blood sharing a presentation. Expect some DC stuff, maybe, for the Warner Brothers side and a focus on PvP for Back for Blood. On Monday, June 14th, a series of pressers featuring Capcom, Take-Two, Mythical, Freedom Games, and Razor will take place throughout the, uh, throughout the day. Verizon and Intellivision also have sessions alongside streaming outlet Vin. Tuesday, we'll wrap up E3 in uh, quite a lot of style, with Nintendo Direct and hours of Nintendo gameplay after that. Later in the day, Bandai Namco will have a session along with Eureka Games and GameSpot's official coverage. That evening will be the first time E3 holds an official awards show. Attendance is a tricky thing for digital events. What's the point of having this big official event if everything is digital, right? Well... The ESA is incentivizing official registration and fan access with official online lounges, forums, gamified leaderboards, and even some select exhibitor booths you won't find anywhere else. Otherwise, these digital presentations are going to be available for everyone. Outside of E3's coverage, Jeff Keighley is kickstarting the second Summer Game Fest on June 10th. Expect one or two pretty big reveals at Jeff's show. It's going to be a huge week of coverage, and Fanbyte's Hot Game Summer 2021 has you covered on the web, on podcasts, on social media, and definitely over on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv fanbite. Okay, so 
E3 is a big thing coming up, but what else happened this week? Team Asobi, the devs behind the incredible PS5 exclusive Astro's Playroom, have officially spun out of Sony's Japan studio and are growing their team in preparation for whatever comes next. Nicholas Doucette, the studio and creative director of Team Asobi, took to the PlayStation blog to announce their growth and to hint that despite their growth, they're still working on intimate and experimental games like Astro's Playroom and are currently experimenting with more DualSense controller mechanics as we speak. The studio now has their own social accounts, so you can go check them out if you want the latest from that team. Shin Megami Tensei 5 is one of this year's most anticipated games, and the game's official website might have let loose the release date for the upcoming RPG from the makers of the Persona series. The Japanese website for the game posted new information about the game this week, revealing the story will focus on a high school student who enters a different world. Have you ever heard of that plot before? It's basically every Atlas RPG, but that's fine. They're they're good at what they're good at. They know what they know. The game will have over 200 demons to fight. As for the release date, expect the game to launch on November 11th, 2021. Mere minutes after this information was posted to the website, it it was taken down and reverted to a minimal sizzle page. I would say, based on this, it's pretty safe to bet that we may hear a lot of this information again during Nintendo's E3 presser. Dark Horse Comics is a publisher of comics, art books, encyclopedias, and more. They've certainly interacted with video games before, with official Mass Effect comics and and the like, and now they've started a dedicated games division called, what else, Dark Horse Games. The label doesn't have its own studio structure, so it will use its IP to lure other studios into partnerships. Dark Horse IP includes Lady Killer, Emily the Strange, Usagi Ujimbo, Resident Alien, and super heavy hitters like Hellboy, Sin City, 300, and Umbrella Academy. By entering into the chain of production, Dark Horse can more tightly control how the IP is used in games, noting they are, quote, sensitive to games that cram IP down the player's throat, as opposed to making a great game that suits an IP. The new publisher says we can expect their first release no later than Q1 2022, which is not all that far away. Rumors have been flying for weeks involving Sony Ben Studio and a possible sequel to zombie biker game Days Gone. Those rumors have basically amounted to Sony's not going to make another one because critics didn't like it enough, despite uh, pretty healthy sales. Now we have an official announcement from the studio saying, quote, We are beyond grateful for your support with Days Gone and are truly honored by the amount of passion our community has shared with us for our world and characters. Your enthusiasm motivates us to continue to improve and create experiences that will last a lifetime. From the Siphon Filter series to Resistance Retribution to Uncharted Golden Abyss and Days Gone, we are very excited to announce today that we are expanding the Ben Studio portfolio with a brand new IP. We hope you embark on this journey with us and we can't wait to show you what we've been working on, end quote. Well, there you have it. It's pretty uh, definitive. (laughs) Um, Speaking of big tentpole Sony games, we we learned this week that God of War Ragnarok, crucially not its official title yet, uh, but the sequel to 2018's action-adventure Critical Darling, will move out of 2021 and into 2022 for a release date. I sat down with Fanby.com news editor Imran Khan to discuss this big development. me to discuss the god of war delay we heard about this week is news editor imran khan hi imran hi hello uh how's it going it's going okay 
Um, we, uh, we heard about, I have have a few questions here, but we heard about what is being called a God of War Ragnarok, also not an official name, uh, Mm -hmm. delay this week. I have to be honest, I'm, I'm having some sort of weird moment where I didn't remember that they had committed to a 2021 target date, but they had at some point. (laughs) So the only piece of media for that game is that initial trailer, which is, now I think like a weird Mandela effect thing where nobody yeah. just remembers anything about it. Sure. But they they showed God of War. They said Ragnarok is coming and the then it followed up with 2021. And that was like all the information we've had on that game. Sure. They've not seen – like even Horizon Forbidden West had more information before like yeah. we saw it as a state of play. So they're keeping whatever that game is very close to their chest. And I imagine part of that reason was because – they did not want to talk about like the various platforms that game was on until recently. <laughs> um, and and if it had been a 2021 release, that would have been a really quick turnaround because it came, you know, the, the first God of War came out in 2018. Um, mm. Did you ever buy that target date? I think from what I people I've talked to, they seemed confident that yeah. 2021 was reasonable. The, this game took our the last game took six years to make. But that was like really building that thing up from the ground up. Right. This one, I I imagine is I don't know for sure. I, I imagine is more like an iterary thing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for iterary sequel for God of War, basically built off a lot of the same technology. Again, another hint that maybe people should have seen that it was not going to be a PS5 exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the PlayStation blog, uh, uh, Sony Worldwide Studios head uh, Herman Holst was basically saying. Uh, you know, we've got for, we've got forbidden West. We've got God of war. One of those is going to hit 2021. Although they're also hedging their bets on that. What do, what do you think the likelihood that we're not going to get either of these games, uh, this year? I don't think it's that low. I okay. think, uh, cor- I, the, I mean, I don't, I don't think the likelihood of not hitting or getting either one of those games that low. I think it's entirely possible. Both are 2022. Yeah. Uh, they seem to very much be hedging, on horizon saying like, Hey, we, we want it for this holiday, which again was not the original date. The original date was like summer or Mm -hmm. something. Like I think, uh, the first time they mentioned a date for horizon was like Q3 2021, which is at the time optimistic, but you know, that would have been, it made sense for the way they scheduled everything else since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, if they're now saying hopefully holiday, then that to me means most likely like February, March. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's kind of when horizon, originally came out too so it wouldn't be shocking that they they think that's going to be like a good date for that kind of game yeah that's that's pretty big um we we also have confirmation that uh god of war 2 i i I don't want to say ragnarok but god (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if they just called it god of war 2 so we just have like two generations of numbered games hmm. the ea need for speed strategy where they just yeah. reuse the names every generation yeah yeah so we we did find out that it that they will be developing this game for ps4 and ps5 god of war on ps4 is a gorgeous game it still really holds up honestly and the improvements they made to the the optimized ps5 version uh look great so so this has nothing to do with the capabilities of the of the uh santa monica team but i have to wonder just like philosophically how how late into this console cycle are we going to see this co-development, do you think? So it's an interesting thing because like before this generation began, Microsoft was out there saying, hey, we're going to be doing cross-gen for a little while because it yeah. does not make sense. Like 200 million people own these consoles. 
They like it does not make sense for I mean, probably not up to 200 million, but like yeah. a decent number of people own these consoles. It does not make sense to just completely cut them off. Sony also went out there saying, no, don't listen to Microsoft. We're going to do whatever. <laughs> and it weirdly turned out that Microsoft broke on that idea way faster by just not having any first party games, period. Mm-hmm. And Sony did it by doing a lot of cross gen stuff. I think. By the end of 2023, it probably no longer makes sense to do first-party consoles or first-party uh, cross-gen stuff. But I don't – it'll depend a lot on, one, how, how bad is that semiconductor shortage going on? Yeah. Like if that if that ends up really lim- – if we are at less than 20 million PS5s by uh, middle 2023 yeah. – or I'm sorry, middle 2022, then I think like we're going to keep – uh, PS4 games for at least another year and a half. Yeah, but it if things start riding the ship a little bit, if we start getting more adoption, if there like a number crosses the line where right now PS4s are not selling that well because mm-hmm. the PS5 is out, so people are just willing to wait. Mm-hmm. And Miles Morales gives us a good idea that even if people have both, they will, or even if people have only one, they will just wait for the PS5 version or until they get a PS5 to buy that version. So. It could re- theoretically maybe hurt game sales a little bit, but I think for Sony that is trying to get people to adopt the new hardware, at some point it does make sense to go, okay, there may be 100 million people on that console, but they're not buying stuff, so let's move them over to this one. Yeah. I don't I – don't, I believe that should probably come earlier than later just for from a pragmatic standpoint, mm-hmm. but the money people are definitely going to be watching where one line crosses the other. Yeah, I, I I think when when they announced this this plan to make sure that things were being cross developed for a while, um, I I kind of raised my eyebrow because it felt like a big commitment. But now with the shortage, I'm like, okay, maybe this makes a little more sense than it did, uh, you know, a, a year ago when we first heard about it. So yeah. Square Enix is one of those companies that said, hey, we're going to do cross-gen stuff for a while. And Interred yeah. comes out next week and it's PS5 only. So yeah. I, it really feels like a weird thing where no one actually knows what they're doing and is kind of just flying by the seat of their Because <laughs> like, the, the, the shortage, the, the, our COVID, all that stuff like related to all this, I, I imagine a year, ago, or a year and a half ago, everyone was quite a bit more sure of what their next, next few years' plans were. Mm. And now they just have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Did you like uh, God of War 2018? Uh, that game made me motion sick, which is one thing I really didn't like about it. it. It's one of the, like, the two games, that and Resident Evil 7, make me very motion sick for reasons I can't... like. For God of War, I think it's because the camera is so tight on Kratos, and it's like yeah. every time you even move slightly, the camera moves with him. Yeah. Uh, I think that game was really good. I think a lot of the things that could be fixed about that game are things that were inherent to the PS4. So I can kind of see a reasoning why people are like, okay, I don't like the fact that this is cross-gen. Mm. I think this kind of presents a problem. Because like, there was there are a couple of scenes in that game where, why am I walking so slow through this weird portal? <laughs> oh, it's because they have to load the next area. Yeah, And that's not, like, that's not a thing you can fix. Like, nope. you can't change that between, like, there's dialogue and things that go on in those scenes that you can't just remove them for the PS5 version. So those games are going to have to be functionally identical. Yeah. And I think cross-gen makes that harder for them to, it it means that if we're going to get an actual straight up PS5 God of War, it's going to be a 2027 game and not a 2022 game. 
I I wonder if they'll do. I wonder if they'll just design those portal um, uh, transitions like the Mass Effect series, where nothing actually important is going to be <laughs> done at that point. It'll just be more like elevator messages and and bullshit because now you can skip those in the Legendary Edition, which is like. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a really good point. I had kind of forgotten about those transitions and yeah, you could, you know, do the ratchet and clank technology and do all those loads, but you can't do that cross gen. So unless they're going to create two bespoke SKUs, which they won't, um, yeah, you're right. We'll just basically have one version and then a version that performs better, but they will be identical. Um, yeah, I, I think that game will still look great. It just like, sure. you know, that Sony sold the SSD uh, to people as like, this is a new generation that we can do new amazing things with games with. And like Ratchet and Clank is a very good example of what you yeah. can do. But then you also then make games that could really benefit from this thing that aren't doing it. And yeah. I can see where people are getting pissed off about that. I think the one thing I would say about the PS5 version is that it's obviously going to involve dual sense stuff. So like what what can you speculate we might see with a God of War game with dual sense? I imagine it'll be something like half press the button to swing, full mm-hmm. press it to like throw. Things like they the the bounce of God of War was actually really intelligent, really interesting. Yeah. But also because DualSense has to be a thing that you can turn off, mm-hmm. then sure. it's also a thing that you can't really do a whole lot with. Yeah. And I, I found myself in a lot of games, especially Avengers, going like, okay, this is cool, and then turning it off because it hurts my hands to actually use it that way. Yeah, I can see that, especially over like 40 hours of God of War, thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I thought I loved the DualSense stuff, and I think for the first – hour of of any sort of implementation that's really unique i'm i'm super impressed i tried to i played like returnal for like four straight hours at some point and by the end of it i was like oh my hands hurt Uh uh-oh like that's (laughs) not great um yeah so that'll be a really interesting thing to see like how deep that actually goes because it's such impressive technology but I wonder if uh, that's going to be a hurdle for some folks. Um, like if Team Asabi makes stuff with DualSense, I'll play that the entire time on. Sure. Everyone else, eh, who's, yeah, who cares? Yeah, not so much, yeah. Well, Imran, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks. Uh, obviously, um, you know, we'll hear a lot of interesting news come out of these things. Uh, the uh, Out of E3 and everything, we did just find out uh, today, we're recording this on uh, Friday, June 4th, uh, they will reveal a lot of uh, the God of War sequel on June 17th uh, in Impressor. So I don't know. I, I I doubt we'll get a firm date since they just delayed it to 2022, but hopefully we'll we'll see the first footage of the game. Um, are you expecting a lot from that? I know we just heard about it, but yeah, I, it's really hard to tell what we're going to see. Uh, I have... I, I would assume it would be very similar to the Horizon thing. Uh, yeah. Here's here's just gameplay. Here's what you... I, I imagine th- now that they've put out there that it's been delayed and that there is a PS4 version, this is their way of saying, like, don't worry about it. We're, the PS5 version will look great. Yeah. So I think Thanks. you do that. I think you show new character designs. I think you try to, like, have some big story hook. Like, the last game ended with a glimpse at Thor. I would assume whatever new gameplay they show is going to be like, here's where that thing picks up. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
uh, well, uh, you will find uh, all of that coverage here at fanbyte.com. So keep it here for the next few weeks as we continue Hot Game Summer 2021. Imran, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. E3 and a bunch of other announcements are around the corner, but what else can we expect this upcoming week? Uh, The big one, the big elephant in the room is the distinct possibility that we may hear an announcement regarding the Switch Pro this week. Of course, that's the working title for the updated uh, piece of hardware, the upgrade for the Nintendo Switch that will have a more uh, beefier processor and better graphics and 4K ability and things like that. A lot of those things, again, cannot stress this enough, have not been confirmed by Nintendo in any official way. These are mostly reports coming from insiders that are hearing things about Nintendo's hardware plans for the next year or so. The most recent report uh, from Bloomberg says we may actually hear from Nintendo before E3 uh, about this piece of hardware and that this hardware will come out this year. This is in contrast to other reports from uh, earlier in the year that were indicating the uh, new system does exist and is coming but wouldn't be released until 2022. The reasoning that they might announce it before E3 is to give their software partners time to put together packages that showcase the new hardware uh, without, you know, being cagey about it, you know, with, with them actually being able to say, hey, this is on the new Switch hardware and not, hey, this just looks better because it looks better. Uh, which makes sense. Uh, but now we've started to hear counter rumors that are saying, no, 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 uh, they're not going to actually announce any sort of hardware anytime soon. Even Nintendo's official announcement for their direct said to expect 40 minutes of software presentations, which seems to indicate that they know that these rumors are out there and they should, uh, they're tempering our expectations for what we should hear about. That doesn't uh, eliminate the possibility that they're going to announce the new hardware this week in anticipation for their Nintendo Direct. Um, but I can make a pretty strong counter argument why they would want to rush into this. Uh, they really don't have a need. The Nintendo Switch is currently selling very well. The games on the Switch are selling super well. That there is a gap right now. There's a semiconductor shortage that's affecting PS5 availability, obviously. The Xbox Series X and S are doing healthy, uh, healthy numbers. Uh, but the Switch is in kind of a league of its own right now. It's just in a really nice spot, and I don't know if they need to rush to do this. However, there are games that we know about that are in development uh, that don't look particularly great on regular Nintendo Switch software, like the new um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, which uh, noticeably ran at a low frame rate when being shown. I have to imagine that that new fancy hardware is going to help with that. I think the new Splatoon footage we we saw was definitely running on fancier hardware, and I think it, we can definitely expect that the uh, Breath of the Wild sequel will run better on more optimized hardware. Uh, but all that said, I don't know if that needs to come out this year um this is all speculation but i just don't know if there's like a a real need to rush this that said uh just be prepared Uh, there could be a big announcement this week and uh and and ahead of e3 those are the rumors that we heard from bloomberg uh we'll see if they're true we'll see if nintendo got scared away from doing that uh but that's one big note that could happen this week
In terms of game releases, this upcoming week is pretty good for them. Uh, if you're a fan of Elder Scrolls Online, the Gates of Oblivion expansion launches on June 8th. Uh, that's a cool one if you want to revisit the the devils and the hell of that world. Um, it's not my favorite Elder Scrolls game, but, you know, if you're into Oblivion, that stuff is there for you. Uh, the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is coming out on June 10th. That's for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. If you like those Xbox uh, Ninja Gaiden games, those are uh, a lot of fun. They're kind of like Bayonetta or a lot of those other fast-paced action games, Team Ninja did a cool job with those. Um, and Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis is coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on June 9th. Uh, and the big one, uh, well, at least in my eyes, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrated, the uh, next-gen update of my second favorite game of 2020, uh, 2020. Uh, with extra content, with Yuffie, with the extra story stuff, uh, with with uh, just a lot of bells and whistles that did not come with the original game. That's coming out on June 10th. Expect some coverage on fanby.com for that. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive uh, is coming on June 11th to PlayStation 5, 4, and PC. That game obviously looks gorgeous. Uh, and next week, you should probably expect us, or this coming week, you should expect us to run uh, a stream or two showcasing that game. It looks really, really cool. Uh, and also Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, June 11th. Uh, that is super exciting. Uh, we, we may have a couple people playing that game right now, and we may have a couple people who really like what they're playing. Uh, and I think you'll want to know what we think about that game, and you'll be able to see that over at fanby.com, over on our podcasts, uh, and you know, basically everywhere else we have our coverage. So, uh, big, big release week for games which is uh kind of surprising given how close we are to e3 but uh it's super exciting uh these are these are some pretty big games that i'm very excited about uh in terms of what the site is up to if you like a podcast you can check them all out over at podcastnet.work or fanbyte.com slash podcasts uh we post a lot of great stuff every week on mondays we have our comedy podcast friends reunion that's uh lb hung tears and nikki grayson and i we talk about internet culture and things like that i think you should check that out it's uh one of my favorite shows uh we also are doing uh beach month on you love to see it uh we did a luis miguel video last week which was super fun uh and the crew is super excited to do more beachy stuff this month so stay tuned to all of that uh we also have channel f which is our video games flagship podcast that goes live every wednesday morning uh that is always a treat and we're going to have a lot of stuff on that feed the week of e3 so stay tuned for that also 99 potions uh is a great rpg podcast that goes live on thursday mornings we have a great episode this coming week with josh sawyer josh sawyer who is a uh design lead and producer and director and uh, all of the above uh, for Obsidian. Um, so he worked on Fallout New Vegas, uh, The Outer Worlds, and more. Uh, that should be a really interesting conversation. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a great conversation with Jennifer Hale, the voice actress for Commander Shepard, uh, which was a wonderful episode. You should definitely go check that out. So yeah, that is what is coming up uh, this week around the video games industry and around our website. Uh, you can always find wonderful coverage uh, on fanby.com for everything that we do. Thanks, folks. 
Folks, that is going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Imran Khan for stopping by to talk to me about God of War. You can find him over on Twitter at Imran Z-O-M-G. I also want to thank uh, Paul Tamayo, my wonderful producer, for helping me out with the show. This week and every week, you can find him over at Paul Mayo. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can at Floppy Adult. If you want to find Fanbyte, you can at Fanbyte Media. Uh, we have so much coverage. Uh, it's Hot Game Summer 2021, covering not only E3, but all of the summer showcases. So keep it glued here at Fanbyte.com for all your video game needs. And until next week, you are welcome. Thank you.